This is Steeler Country, episode 158 for week 4, 2015, when the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Baltimore Ravens, 20-23, recorded October 7th, 2015. He's like, you know, the way sports go, like, I fully expect, I said, I fully expect 23-20 Ravens tonight. And then I said, and it's probably going to be overtime just to drive the stake. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So as the game is going, like when it got to be 20 to 14, I was like, oh, my God. I actually – my prediction could come true. This is sick. Uh, but I was like, nah, you know what? We won't give up two field goals. That's stupid. Uh, so that score won't be right. Even if we do end up losing, we won't be, it won't be right. But no, no, it was spot on. Uh, spot on. You know, here – okay, here's, here's the thing about this game. And, like, listening to the national media, that kind of pisses me off. Um, is that, like, okay, so we – there's two ways we could do this podcast, right? We could do it, like, wherever – the conventional, what everyone's talking about, which is the Scobie. You know, oh, Scobie missed two field goals, and why did they go for it on fourth down twice, and why didn't they kick a field goal? Or why didn't they give the ball to Bell in those two spots, and how Flacco did it again, and the Ravens win, the Ravens escape, and they're not 0-4, and yada, yada. We could wallow in that, right? But I think what I want what, – what I've wanted to hear all week, and I haven't heard yet, um, and I think what our fans deserve is to not well, – look, we're going to have to talk about that stuff. That shouldn't be the lead, right? I think tonight the lead should be what it would have been if we had won this game, which is this defense is not what we thought it was. It is legit. It is real. Uh, and I, I think we should, we should open with that because I think that is the real storyline for Steeler fans coming out of this game um, besides the fact that obviously you know, it sucks. But, um, man, I was really impressed with what the defense did. Very I agree. Impressed. Yeah, that that was the first thing I wanted to talk about other than the game. That's what I wrote down to talk about, the defense. And and the only thing I'm concerned or wondering about is, was it playing so well because they felt confident in blitzing Flacco a lot because they haven't had success offensively or, or they just felt that was a good matchup and and it worked? Or are we going to have success in the future? So I'm really interested to see how they're going to do against San Diego and if we plan to blitz a lot. I hope so, man. Is it Look, this was – this. If there was a time, if there was a game, by the way, podcast has started. Uh, if there was a game where the de- the defense that we thought we were going to have, right? We thought before the season, everyone was telling us, and we were thinking it ourselves that the defense is going to be terrible, and they're going to stop us from winning games, and we, you cannot rely on them, and it's just going to be score, 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 score. Because if you don't keep scoring, you're going to lose. Um, if there was a game where that was going to where that was going to rear its ugly head, it was going to be Joe Flacco doing his thing against a weak Steeler team that couldn't move the ball. And you look at what we did in the second half offensively. It was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You expect, okay, defense, here we go. And I expected it last week. I predicted 40 to 10, not for the Steelers. Um, but it happened the, the exact opposite. The, the defense kept us in this game. Defense kept making plays. They gave Vic a couple short fields. They caused turnovers. They caused havoc. And it was the old Joe Flacco, the Joe Flacco that, Joe, you always want to see, which is the deer in headlights Flacco, um, you know, and the defense wreaking havoc. Well, okay, so I'm required to be positive for this part of the podcast. <laughs> well, I just think is that is that what I have to do? No, I mean, well, I mean, you know, are you negative on about the defense? We'll talk uh, about the defense. No, no, I think I, I think the defense um, was played surprisingly well, um, and the defense absolutely played well enough to put the team in a position to win the game. Um, the defense it was exciting, um, it was surprising. Um, to us, and it was to the to the Ravens. They didn't know how to block us. 
uh, Flacco didn't know how where the blitz was coming from. He didn't know how to anticipate it. He didn't. He he. They had his hot reads covered or whatever whatever it was. Um, and you know, I said on uh, going into this game that this was Butler's chance to to you know make us take notice of him and and you know start to build his resume with the fans. And I, and I think he did. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna largely now go unnoticed because of the the horrifying way the game was lost. Um, but you're right. Uh, the defense, the defense was exciting. And so now because of the loss though, for me, it's like, well, you know what? It's all about what have you done for me lately? You lost the game for me lately. So now you got, you know, you had that game. It was a, it was a rough game, but it, you had the comfort of home. Um, you had the comfort of, of a team that you know how to play and they didn't really know how this new defensive coordinator and all these young guys were going to, were going to scheme against that Ravens offense that is a, is a well-known fact to the, to the Pittsburgh team uh, of, of, you know, defensive minds and planners. So, uh, you know, so they had those advantages going for them. Uh, and now they have to go, they're going on the road, I think, San Diego. Yeah. We're going to go. Uh, to yeah, so you gotta, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. On a Monday night, you got a primetime game again um, on a Monday night, 10 days rest, bitter loss, you know, so they can have all that um, against a not so, so good San Diego team. And, you know, really, unless they unless they perform well in San Diego, the the Ravens game is for the defense is going to go largely unnoticed. I think, yeah, no, well, I, I agree, I agree, but I think I think at this point, I think my point is at this point, we're, I'm getting to a point with this defense where I can just I can just rely on it. I, I think I I'm starting to understand what we have defensively, um, and that is we have a pretty good defense. It's not great. This is not this is not 2008. Right? We're not even 2010. This is not a great defense. But they're pretty good. And if we get full strength on offense again, then I don't have a worry. Right? There's no one you're going to put in front of me and go, well, could you beat them? No, there's, it's not. We have the best offense in football. And now you couple that with a pretty good defense that can get turnovers, that can, that can get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and, you know, didn't give up a ton. In a, in a game which you, you expected that Baltimore was going to come out and make big plays and throw deep. And, and really, if Flacco was going to – I expected Flacco was going to – Totally exposed the secondary as being the weakness on this team. You know, for the large for the large extent of it, it really didn't happen that way. No, it didn't. And not to be overly positive, but could this be a blessing in disguise? Meaning, over this this next three or four games, maybe five games, that the defense is going to have to carry the team, and they're going to have to basically be the face of the team mm-hmm. over that time. And then when Ben comes back and the offense starts to click again, then you're just going to have you know two units that could be in the top five or, or at least the defense might be in the top 10 in the league. I mean, that would be tremendous. And the thing, when you look at the defense, look at Stefan Tuitz. He had 10 tackles as a defensive lineman. I haven't seen that in a long time from any defensive lineman. Right, right. He was, he, he was great. He, you know, Tuitz is, you know, in, in a year where Hayward isn't really, you know, Hayward isn't Hayward this year, right? He's not, he's not been our best defensive player. I think you can make the argument, well, I mean, Shazier's been hurt, but I think you can make the argument that Tuitz's been our best defensive player this year. Um, you know, he's been doing it consistently since week one. Um, you know, if, if Shazier ever gets healthy again and he comes back in, you know, he's just another element that you add. But I think the pass rush has been there with, uh, you know, with a multitude of guys. And, and you know, like we said last week, um, we're not, it's not, this team isn't just like James Harrison rushes the quarterback and Lamar Woodley rushes the quarterback and they get some from other guys, right? We don't, we're not going to have at the end of the year, like a, a sack leader, but they come from everywhere because Joe, like you said, Butler put his mark on, which is that the mark of Keith Butler is my, actually Mike is really the defense that you've always said, which is 
Bring everybody, right? Bring safeties. Bring corners. Bring guys that they don't expect. Rush, rush, rush. Every time, rush the quarterback. And it just seemed to me like Flacco and, and company had no idea where the boats was coming from. Uh, Butler was was coming from safeties. He's coming from corners. Bringing inside linebackers, the traditional outside linebacker blitzes. Um, and everybody was getting involved. And, you know, we have this – we have this the cornerback out of nowhere, Ross Cockrell, who makes two of the – Two of the biggest plays of the game on defense. A guy I, had, you know, I had really never heard of or never seen play before this game. Um, who actually wasn't really on the roster when the season started was hired. Was got we got him because of Cortez's injury and the injury to um, I think was Golson, our, our rookie corner. This guy is a, just an off the street guy, and here we are. You know, he makes a, a beautiful interception, and then he gets that the fumble recovery, which was just you know when you watch that play live. I thought to myself, why are the Steeler? Why are the Steelers saying it's their ball? There's no way it's our ball. The ball went out of bounds. Um, but Cockrell came in and, and got it and got two feet in. Yeah, that, that was a spectacular play. And I'm I'm still unsure. And I guess it is the rule that you have to have two feet in on a fumble. I yeah. just think that's kind of weird. I guess you have to. That's part of possession. Well, did he maintain possession all the way to the ground? That's what they yeah. Are, you know. <laughs> Let's not get into that. No. But I, I do like the the blitzing. Um, and a lot of times it was still with only five guys where. Like you said, it was a corner or a linebacker, and I heard Tunch and, and Wolf talking uh, yesterday about uh, Spence lining up outside of, of Dupree mm-hmm. and, and him coming from the outside and just uh, a lot of different things. They, and they were talking about it. There's a lot of different things that they were seeing. And so I hope it's just not that the Ravens aren't good at picking that stuff up and it's really that the Steelers uh, are onto something here. Well, I think when you look at, I think you look at the the past two defensive performances, the one against the one against the Rams, um, where we held them to what, nine points, um, and now this one, where you know we didn't we didn't exactly hold them to, to single digit points in this one, but uh, they did enough to win. And I think that the the possession that kills me and the one that you know it was it was it felt like here we go again with with Steelers Ravens, which, which is the the Steelers can't move the ball. It's twenty to seventeen. We we have we have the lead, but we can't move the ball. There's like two minutes to go. Flacco has the ball. They're down by three, and you just figure, okay. I mean, this is when this is when we give it up. This is when Flacco always does this thing, um, and they're they're going to drive right down. And they're going to get it. And instead, instead, this defense makes them go four and out, which I was completely shocked by at the time. And I think it speaks to where this defense is right now, which is look. If Sco- we'll get the Scobie, and if he makes the field goal and everything. Uh, but this defense is able to get off the field at big, at huge moments in games. And I think, I think you can go all the way back to week one. That, that, when it was, uh, whatever the score was, 21, we had made it 21 to 11 or whatever. Um, and we got that huge sack on Brady and got the ball back, uh, for Roethlisberger and, and the offense. Um, you know, I said at the time, I think, you know, that was a huge play because this is, the defense is able to get big stops at big moments, which I didn't think was going to happen. And here we are, you know, four weeks later, and it's happening again. And it happened in the biggest moment. Um, unfortunately, you know, we couldn't seal the deal there at the end. But defensively, uh, I think there's a lot of positives to take away. Now, Joe, if you want to move to the other side of the ball. Uh, hey, real quick, that four and out that you spoke of, I believe there were four blitzes on that. Yeah, they were, they were, they brought the heat. And it was all it, it four was, times. You know, the really, they were I mean, not backing off. If you want to talk about the end, you know, the kind of the reasons why we lost the game or whatnot, I mean, you know, they didn't at the end there, the Ravens didn't use didn't use enough time. We were actually too good on defense because they went four plays and out with all passes. It was pass, 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 pass. Um and they went like I think they uh 
they went backwards. Four plays and they went nowhere. Uh, they got sacked on that fourth down, but the ball, you know, the clock stops there. So they used like 20 seconds or something when we really needed them to get past the two-minute warning. Then we could have just knelt the game's over. Anyway, let's uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. Joe, where do you want to start with um, how this game fell apart for the Steelers? Well, I I don't I don't think you have to, you know, blame it on the offense um, because you know which is kind of what your question is leading into. No, no I mean, do you want to start with Scobie? Do you want to start with I, the, no? The, I think I think I think before you think you should treat the offense the same way you did the defense because the offense. The offense was the was the hindered part of the team going into this game, yeah, and was really the reason we were going to lose because we knew we weren't going to win it on defense. So, uh, you know, then then the offense was hampered. So now it's like, okay, well, this game is probably lost. Uh, and out come the Steelers and Mike Vick, and Mike Vick played well, and the Steelers had a great game plan for early in the you know early in the game, and they jumped out to a to a, a big lead that should have been that should have been insurmountable. Yep. Um, and uh, and so the offense, the offense. I thought the offense played well, uh, and I'll say the exact same thing about the offense as I said about the defense. They played well enough to win. Okay, and and I'm I'm not really leading up to oh, but the special teams blew it, right. which is you know that's the conventional wisdom. That is in fact what happened. Okay, but that's really not the point uh, to to what went on here. The the team had. Uh, handicaps if you will uh second string quarterback that had three days notice for this game mm-hmm. um and a, and a and a very troubled place kicker okay and so those are givens that's not like oh i i'm gonna discover this on thursday night during the game and i'm caught unaware no that's not what happened what happened was you went into the game you knew you had a got a you had, you had to adjust your offense done um and you knew you had a kicker that was sketchy at best. Um, okay. And, and so really, as far as the offense goes, um, you know, hats off to Le'Veon Bell. Hats off to Mike Vick. Mike Vick played well in this game. Um, and, and he was a difference maker. Uh, and the defense adjusted to him. Okay. They adjusted to him hurting them. Um, and, and, and then the offense had no answer. Um, uh, and, and so I'll leave, I'll stop there. But my, my actual take on this game is very different from anything that I've heard up to now. Yeah, I mean, I think offensively, I agree with you. I think offensively we played well at the, you know, at the start. Well, I don't want to say the start because it started slow. We weren't able to move the ball. Um, kind of started like you thought it would start, which is Vic didn't look comfortable. I thought Vic really never looked comfortable stepping back. I felt like he had that kind of look of step back. He looked and it was like, okay, if it's not there, then I'm just running. Um, cause I, I, you know, he wasn't in a, in the, our offense really revolves around Brown first and then other receivers second. And then if it's, if that's not there, you go to bed, it's bell, just go to bell, find bell, get bell the ball. Um, and it seemed like Vic didn't really have that rapport. I mean, he definitely doesn't have a rapport with Brown, right? So that part of the offense kind of shut down and you could see, I mean, Brown didn't have, you know, he broke his five catches, 50 yards. Didn't really have any big plays in this game. Really didn't have any – outside of the punt return, didn't really have any significance to the offense. I think he had the 17-yarder in overtime, um, and then he had the, the punt return. But those were really his only two significant plays that he made. We can talk about the things he didn't do. But um, I thought – yeah, I thought Vic never really looked comfortable, um, which, you know, which hurt us. Uh, there were a couple sacks that he took that, I, you know, were, were frustrating. But, again, you know, it's, it's, it's Vic on three days to prepare. 
So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed with how we played on offense, but I wasn't super disappointed. Um, I, I thought, you know, and like you said, Le'Veon, you know, Le'Veon's Le'Veon, and he made some unbelievable plays in this game. He proved that he is the best running back in football. Um, the, the, the run that he had in overtime where he looked like he was going to break it, and I thought to myself, please break this because it's the only way we're going to win. Um, I thought he had it. He just, you know, he got shoestring tackled there at the end. Um, but, you know, over, overall, I, you know, the offense was, you know, it was better than I expected, but it it was a Mike Vick-led offense on three days to prepare. Yeah, I agree. I think the it was inconsistent, the offense. There were some good parts and and not so good parts. I really, I was really calling for a lot in the game, the, the Michael Vick naked bootleg, just because even if it wasn't there, it, I thought it would open up stuff even more for Bell up the middle. And I really think that in, in some of those instances, he would be one-on-one with somebody out there. And whether it's speed or, or a juke move, he could probably gain some yardage. But the, the point of frustration for me, it does come down to those fourth down plays. I mean, obviously the field goals uh, were tough. The 49-yarder, I mean, really, you can live with your field goal kicker missing a 49-yarder. Granted, uh, a lot of teams against us, and this guy, Tucker, he made a 50-yarder, right, to win it? Right, he made, a, like he made a 52-yarder to make it. 52-yarder, yeah. Running, so he was happy to run out there to kick it, too. Yeah, <laughs> and so, but the 41-yarder, that was the killer because that's when we got the, uh, they, we stopped them on downs, right, and got the ball at their 29-yard line and moved it a few yards, but we're in field goal range. So anyway, the point of frustration was the fourth downs, or the third and two and fourth and two, I, I, I mean, I was texting you guys during the game. Just give it to Bell. Give it to Bell. I mean, he's the best player. You just said it. Even his touchdown run, nothing was to the left. He takes it back to the right. He makes something happen. And then that big run in overtime, it's like, the, you, and we've seen him. He gets hit, and he still finds a way to gain a yard. So they should. It should. The overtime. It should have been set in in all the coaches' mind. This is going to be the Le'Veon Bell show. Did and the other you... only other option is to go deep to Brown. Okay. You know, just close your eyes and right. throw it deep. Well, he didn't chuck it deep at all in this game, which I thought was really weird because Vic loves to throw deep. He's got a huge, he's got a cannon for an army. He throws a nice deep ball. Um, we didn't really attempt any deep balls in this game, which I was really shocked by because I felt like that was something that's been working for us a lot. Um, you know, we have, you know, Hayward Bay and Brown are two good deep ball guys. Um, and, and maybe, you know, maybe some of the Ravens were taking away. Uh, maybe it's a Vic comfort level with the playbook. You know, whatever it was, it just seemed like, um, you know, that didn't, that didn't happen. That didn't go down. Now, okay, so but we're talking about the fourth down plays. I do want to bring up, before we talk about the decision to, to run Bell or not to run Bell, the, the play call decisions in those moments. The first thing I want to address is, the, is, is um, you know, what is perceived as, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of talk this week about Tomlin botched it. Tomlin, you know, Tomlin's a, a poor uh, coach because of how he botched the fourth down plays. He botched the end of this game. Do any of you think, do any of you agree with the side of that? There's one side of it that says we should have kicked a field goal on one of those two fourth downs. Do either of you think we should have attempted a field goal? There, one of them would have been like 52. One of them would have been like 48 or 49 again. Okay, it's been five days. So remind me of the situation on the first one. It's, it was it was in overtime, right? They're both in overtime, yeah. And and so, uh, so the first one, again? we are on the 39. Right. It's fourth and two from the thirty-nine, which makes that a fifty-six. That's the, way too far. The second one was from the thirty-three, so so you could call that forty-nine fifty. I I know the second one. I mean, the second one at that point, 
you have a 50-yard field goal to win in overtime and you don't send your kicker out there, then basically you just decide in your head you're cutting your kicker. Right. I mean, if you if you cannot trust your kicker to kick a 50-yard field goal in overtime, unless there's weather or something like that, then then he shouldn't be on your team. So I kind of agreed with that just because um, I thought they had a better chance of making the first down, you know, giving it to Bell than, than this guy coming through. I mean, I, I think it would have been a nice story. Your kicker misses twice, but you have the faith in him, and you put him out there, and he kicks a 50-yarder to win it. That would have been a nice story, and, and, and I think Tomlin would have got some praise for that, not giving up on the guy. Right. But I think that I thought that they had a better chance of making the first down and then gaining, you know, get 10, 10 more yards and then kick a 39-yarder. I'd, I'd probably send him out there at that point. Okay. So, right. So you're not you're not for Scobie kicking the 49-yarder? No. Joe, Joe, I, was I, fine with I that assume you, you feel the same way. Never, never take the kicker out there for a 49-yarder. So I, uh, I'm, I'm hopefully don't derail you too much here, Tony. But I, I want to understand this. So there are, there are um, sports writers who make their living um, reporting on sports and the Steelers, who are criticizing Mike Tomlin for not kicking overtime field goals in excess of 40 yards. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is this is um this is a living example of um of the uh, the saying or the adage even a stopped clock is right twice a day. Um, so uh, these guys have stumbled on yeah. There's criticism for Mike Tomlin here, um, but pr- to criticize him for not attempting to to kick a, a 40 plus yard field goal after several attempts had been missed earlier in the game two that would have put the game basically out of reach and would have ended in a in, in a, in a, in a nearly certain win for the Steelers and both were blown um, right. the, these guys these guys are completely out of touch with reality my criticism of Mike Tomlin is for attempting um, after after the field goal from uh, the when the ball was on about the 20 yard line and they and they tried a 41 yarder I think and he missed it um, and then Tomlin lined him up again to miss a second one. No, no, that's the, you're, you're the opposite. He misses 49, then he misses 41. Now, he, he misses 49 first. 49, okay, is, yeah. he misses 49, then he misses 41. Okay, so it was another plus 40-yarder. Right. Um, so I, I was I was like, no, don't kick that field goal. Play to win this game. This dude is going to miss this field goal. Um, Wait, after a 49-yarder? You thought he was going to miss a 41-yarder? He, he, listen, Just I based on live, his history? I sat live and watched him doink an extra point I know. in Pittsburgh. Okay, this dude is troubled, and 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 it, there was no question in my mind. This is not a solid field goal kicker, and he had already missed. So you don't line him up for anything beyond forty yards. It's got to be less than forty. It's got to be it's got to be the distance of an extra point, uh, the new extra point, um, or, or or closer. The thing about that forty-one yarder, though, you're, you're not going to win the game. That would have put us right. Uh, this is, but see, Joe, that's okay. That's my point that I'm getting to here, though. None of us want him to kick the. None of us want him to kick the forty-nine yarder in overtime. None of us, and you don't even want him to kick the forty-one yarder in regulation. So then you have the other side of this argument, which is the Tomlin had poor play calling on on fourth down. We just lost Mike. I'm going to get him back. You have this. Okay, that, I, I mean, I thoroughly disagree with that. I have a. I have a, a, an entire indictment of the coaching staff, but not for this reason, which is why I'm saying these right, guys. My are point like, here, here. Here's my point. So let, far let me just off the mark. It's let, like, let me, let me just get my point. It's like I'm living in bizarro land. Where are these people coming from? Uh, no, no. My point here is like, okay, you, you can't if you have no kicker, right? You have no kicker. You can't, you can't trust this kicker to kick the forty-nine yarder. They kick a forty-one yarder. 
How are you going to win this game? You're going to score a touchdown? This offense that couldn't get a first down in the or you second have to half? Get within, you have to get within chip shot range. You have to. Right, so, and we right. knew that. And you which can't. Is why, I mean, which is why a, when it got to overtime because of, the, because of the mistakes to kick those field goals in regulation that were clearly unmakeable in my mind. Um, uh, and so... Right, but this we, offense couldn't get 10 yards in four plays. Tied, You're telling me it no, could have got, but if it, it could have got, it could have got a touchdown. Not, there was practically no way to win the game in overtime right. because overtime games are most often won by a field goal. Right. And the Steelers practically had to put it in the end zone or, right. or make it a chip shot, uh, you know, first and goal situation and, and on fourth down try for the field goal, right. um, uh, in overtime. So once it got to overtime, it was basically a lost cause. Right. Uh, I agree. That, that's my point is I don't care what, I don't care what the calls were on, on fourth down. I don't care if you give it to Bell or not. Hey, here's the thing. Best case scenario on fourth down, you make the first down. Great. Now you still have to go another 40 yards to score a touchdown. This offense can't get 10 yards in four plays. How are you going to get 40 yards and I could give you a hundred plays? How are you going to get there? The offense wasn't moving the ball in the second half, right? I don't know what people expected was going to happen should we get the first down. You're going to get a chippy for Scobie and he's going to put it in? No one trusts Scobie at that point. No no Steeler fan is trusting Scobie at that point. Uh, okay, so um, so here's my here's my problem with, with the coaches. Okay, I mean, I told you about the well, – so Vic had his shortcomings. The kicker had his shortcomings. Two known quantities. So, and and the, coaches, the coaches have to have to adapt to that. They did a masterful job of preparing this team on on both sides of the ball, offensively and defense. I don't know about special teams; they seem to play okay, um, and the kicker is just a you know he's just a mess. Uh, so, and and I think that maybe they didn't recognize that until in the game. Um, I, I was I was by the time we got to overtime and Mike Tomlin had written off the kicker. Um, I was there going into this game. This kicker, this kicker's no good. As soon as he missed the first one, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Write him off. Let's, let's get, just get through this game. Okay. So setting the kicker aside now, masterful in the first half, masterful, won the game. They won the game in the first. Okay. And then in the second half, and this is what's so damn scary. Okay. And you, and it's very disappointing to me. And I think, I think <coughs> I nominated this coaching staff, um, uh, uh, during your little season awards thing that you did, Tony, for la- the end of last season, I was the one who nominated the coaching staff as like most disappointing performance, uh, vis-a-vis, um, Archer, uh, and can't get him into, you know, into where he can make something happen. Um, well, in the second half, our team, in my opinion, in my judgment, from what I witnessed, our team was completely and utterly outcoached. The Ravens went into the locker room at halftime. They made adjustments to what the Steelers came out and did to them, uh, and they executed those adjustments, and the Steelers' coaching staff had no answer. When Vic tried to roll out in the second half and, and get in position where he could gain those seven, eight yards that was killing the Ravens in the first half, uh, they sent ten, what seemed like ten Raven defenders right went with him, like there were ten spies on this guy. Um, and, and the Steelers' offense had no answer for that, and there should have been a very simple answer that would have burned these guys for 20 yards or a touchdown um, and and they would have backed off that crap, and the five six yards when Vic rolled out would have been there, uh, and and the whole second half would have been like the first half. But there was no answer to that adjustment. What uh, what do you think the answer should have been? Look, dude, I'm not an offensive coordinator. You're really going to put me on the spotlight. No, no, I don't, I'll I just, tell you no, what, dude. Just, I'll I tell you what, you... though. No, I, I'll answer your question. Okay. Right, I thought when, you had, when I, I roll Vic you... out and, okay. and the entire defense the reacts to that, okay? I, I got any number of players who are who are who are fast, can catch, who can handle the ball. I have Heath Miller. I have Le'Veon Bell, 
who attracts his own set of attention. I have Antonio Brown that I am struggling to find a way to get him the ball during this game. Okay, I got I got that. Uh, I, I got um, I got Hay- Hayward Bay was in this game. Um, I, I got a lot of guys that played well in this game uh, or who are capable of carrying the ball, handling the ball, getting out in space and being ignored by the defense in favor of of, you know, keeping an eye on, on Vic, who's rolling out, and all we know what's happening here was six times in the first half, and we know what's going on now. So here we go. Linebackers, the defensive line, the safeties, everybody's coming with Vic, right. okay? Because uh, he was gang-tackled by five defenders every time he went to his yeah. – uh, in, in the second half. Um, so, so uh, yeah, there should have been some kind of an answer, some kind of an answer. Find a way to get that ball to Lavian. You don't have to throw it to him to get it to him. You can find a way to get it to him in the second half and break the damn game open and put it away. Um, so that failure, the utter failure to convert a first down with with minutes to play, and you go, you know what? Just one more first down. This game is over. We're going to be in victory formation. One more first down. How many times did I say that in the fourth quarter, only to see the Steelers not get a first down, and then the defense stop them on four consecutive tries and still not be able to move the ball. Oh, they didn't have to make a field goal if they could have just moved the ball 10 freaking yards, okay? So, yeah, dude, I'm pissed. I'm pissed off, and I'm not pissed off that our field goal kicker, who I knew couldn't kick, missed field goals in this game because that was exactly what I happened, okay? But I am pissed off that our coaches couldn't make simple adjustments in the second half to put away a game that they had already won in the first half. Yeah, no, I, I, I can say I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I thought from the way you, you phrased it, it sounded like you, you had an answer. Um. Which, I mean, I, I look, I agree. Uh, we have a ton of playmakers on this offense, and it, you know, just because it's Vic doesn't mean that the whole offense had to shut down. But I think, I think the thing that, you know, and Joe, I think the thing that you might discount in this is, you know, maybe they would have had, maybe they would have had a, an extended game plan that they could have gone to, um, had this not been a Thursday night football game. I think that's the problem here is that, you know, this is, this is the Steelers with the new quarterback on three days to prepare. Um, you know, you come in with a game plan. They shut Dude, it down when you're a friend playing down at the, in, a, in the sandlot, okay, could you not, like, get in a little huddle and go, hey, guys, look, you run over here to this and you run over there to that, and when the guy comes and does this again, we got him set, right? How many times? How many times you do that? So you're telling me that professionals can't do this, can't trust Well, look, I, I'm not saying – look, look I'm not try. saying they didn't make adjustments, right? But I don't think that they had – I mean, look, no, it doesn't work like that where you just uh, – you know, you draw it in the sand in, in the NFL, right? It's more complicated than that. Um, but – uh, no, look, I think I think that there were probably adjustments made in the second half, um, but I, you know, look, they didn't work, right? The problem was that the that the the amount of scouting that they had on Vic, the amount of the amount of uh, rapport that Vic has with the offense, the comfort as comfortable as he is not with the offense was, you know, was just evident in this. Um, I, I think to me, look, there is a there is a legitimate there is a legitimate coaching mistake that was made, which I think is only it's only there in hindsight. Which that you probably should have given the ball to Bell, especially on those fourth downs. You probably should have. Not that the play calls were bad. I didn't. I didn't hate the Vic bootleg at the time it happened, and I certainly didn't hate the out route to Brown on fourth down because he was wide open and Vic just overthrew it. Um, you know, in hindsight, yeah, you probably should have got Bell more than twenty-two carries in this game. Um, but overall, you know, can I be disappointed with the coaching staff? I mean, they were. You know, you're you're playing with two two arms tied behind your back, and I don't know. You know. To say that this offense should have got a touchdown in the second half, should have played, you know, they should they should have been able to get a touchdown. I don't know. I can't I can't sit here and say that because they were just they were so hamstrung in this game um, by having to play with Vic and on a and on three days rest and without a kicker. 
Yeah, and well, they did get a touchdown in the second half, and it was early in the second half because because Flacco fumbled the first play of the second half. They had a short field, got a touchdown, and the first disappointment there was we go up twenty to seven, and I believe we gave up a touchdown on the next yeah, drive, the Raven drive. Right so, yeah. so it was like that's the old Steeler defense again. But I don't think we'll see that too often that in the future. That was the one blip. Yeah, that was the one blip in the game. Was it's like all right, defense, don't yeah. do that. But I agree with Joe in that. I mean, after that, the offense really didn't do anything, and I think it was adjustments at halftime, and and we couldn't readjust or or counter their adjustments. And a lot of times they're bringing heat. I mean, the best thing to do is a screen pass. Yeah. I don't remember many of them. You know, there's a lot of uh, actually, if you guys want, uh, Steeler Depot always does a great um, you know play by play recap of of kind of you know what what happened on each play or the big plays in the game. Um, one thing that they really highlighted this week was. Um, the fact that Vic, Vic and Bell, so there's a, so Bell has this way of getting out of the backfield and getting past a linebacker and Bell and Ben usually finds him so that he can, he can get past it. I don't know if you guys noticed in this game how hard it was for Bell to get past linebackers, right? It seemed like on a run on, on, on passes, on passes, on passes. Okay. it was, you know, uh, Ben w- or Bell would catch the ball, but then, you know, get, get tackled pretty, pretty oh, quickly after immediately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, it was it was a there was a third and two that led to the fourth and one where Vic scrambled through to Bell and he was attacked with immediately tackled as soon as he got. But that has to do with the ball being perfectly placed so that you can yeah, continue running, right? Yeah, and it has to do right? with the timing of when you throw, you know, when that ball is thrown to Bell, um, you know, with the positioning and everything, and it's just not there yet, right? And it's what sucks about this game is that it's just what we said coming in, which is this is the absolute worst timing for us to have this Ben injury would be right now on on three days rest going into Baltimore. Um, because you know, I look. Well, the one thing we need, well, actually, one other thing we need to talk about is we need to talk about Antonio Brown in this game. Because what what became evident to me early was that he was he was like in his own head, or you know, he just felt like he had to have a a, a superior performance, and so he was like trying too hard. He had that first catch where he runs, he just reverses field for no reason, and ends up losing a bunch of yards. Um, where it was just like Brown, don't do that. Like just whatever yards you're going to get, get them. Um, and then he had two plays in the game that were just very un- – you know, look, they're not – if this were Marcus Wheaton, we wouldn't even be talking about it. But because it's Antonio Brown, I think we have to, which is that he dropped a sure thing touchdown, which is just, you know, inexplicable for Antonio Brown. And look, he's Antonio Brown. He's, he's allowed to have a bad game. He just – you know, he picked a bad game to have a bad game. And then he had the one where he should have got both feet inbounds and he only got one inbounds, um, which at the time when I saw it, I just thought there's no way. The ref's calling him out of bounds. Like there's no way he's out of bounds. It's Antonio Brown. He always gets two feet. But he didn't. Um, and you know, those were two, you know, crushing plays and, and, you know, because the offense was so unable to move the football later in the game. So going back to well, the second guessing, I wanted to mention real quick on that, the third and two, um, there was an incomplete pass. And then the fourth and two was the, uh, incomplete pass to, um, oh no, that was the run. I guess I'm looking at the wrong one. You're talking about the, the, the overtime possessions? Yeah. Yeah, the first one is the first one is the the sweep okay. to Vic. I'm talking about the second one. So third and two was an incomplete pass, and then fourth and then it says fourth and one. Oh no, it was a short pass to Bell. Yeah, the, yeah, that's okay. what I'm talking about. Where Bell Vic rolls out, he throws it to Bell. Bell gets tackled as soon as he gets the ball. Right. Yeah, and and so um, I I think you also made a good point in that even if they get the first down, they're still gonna have to kick a field goal sooner or later. So so maybe on fourth and one, you bring everyone in tight. And you do play action and go deep for the win. Yeah, that was Tomlin was asked about that in the press conference, which is you know T- Haley usually says he has a very different play call on third down if he knows he has the the freedom to go for it on fourth down. Did you 
did you know you were going for it on fourth down both times? Um, and I believe Tomlin's answer was yes on both. Uh, he was going, or no, maybe he said one, one yes, one no. I think, yeah, I think that's what he said. One yes, yeah. one no, which I, which, you know, if you look at the, the, the play charts, um, I think Tomlin probably did consider, you know, maybe kicking a 50 yarder with Scobie there at the end. And then he thought, and then he thought better of it. Um, cause I, I, I would assume, I would assume he wasn't thinking let's kick a 56 yarder with Scobie. Right. Uh, yeah. that doesn't seem right. Well, the good thing about Vic, uh, coming up or coming out of this is, He's going to have 10 days to yes. prepare for yes. San Diego. And um, hopefully we see a big difference. And if we don't, then it's going to be trouble over the next few games. You know, here, and one thing I want to say about Vic that we're not saying, and, you know, uh, look, as, 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 as okay as I think he played, I don't think he played great. I don't think, you know, he played bad. But one thing he did that, that I thought was great, especially for him, did not turn the ball over. And I thought that that was going to be a huge problem coming into this game because Vic last year, really over the last two years, has been a turnover magnet. He just turns the ball over far, far, far too much. He took a lot of sacks in this game. He took some punishment in this game. He did not throw the ball away crazy and get it intercepted. He did not fumble. Um, you know, he played well in that respect. And, you know, it's it's really why this game was as close as it was. Because even as we were getting shut down in that second half, it wasn't as though it was because of turnovers. Um, you know, we just weren't able to move the ball forward. And that's big going forward because we need Vic to not turn the ball over against San Diego or Arizona. Anything else on the on the game? You guys want to move on to? Well, I'll just I will just reiterate since I indicted the coaches uh, that it's a tale of two halves. I mean, they came in with a masterful game plan, and then in the second half, they could not adjust. And I and I and I and I I give I give them a lot of credit because they came in handicapped. And they overcame those things, and then they just couldn't adjust. And maybe it was because of the handicaps that it made it hard to adjust. But it was very frustrating. Um, I, I would argue, Joe, that this was the most frustrating. Uh, I, I, in fact, after the game, I couldn't. I was hard pressed to think of other than Super Bowl Forty Five, uh, a game where I've been more disappointed of watching it. Well, think about the think of it this way: Had you known the score, I guess at the kickoff. If you knew the score was going to end up Ravens 23-20, you would have been like, yeah, that's kind of what I expect. We're, you know, we got Vic. We're going to lose this game. Mike, it was however, literally what I expected. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. You did predict <laughs> it, right? And so, however, when the score is 20-7 to and you see your defense is playing very well right. and Le'Veon's running well and you're like, damn, we got this game. It's 20-7. to All we have to do is basically hang on right. or, you know, continue, kick a couple of field goals Stretch the lead into you know more than two scores. Yeah. No, I, that's I was, why that's why we're disappointed. I, I was I, I was I, I actually if you would have showed me the game after we got the four and out, if you would have shown anyone the game after we got the four and out, the game's over. Then the game is it's over. Night night. See ya. In fact, I was at a bar where I was running up and down the bar screaming, "Ravens own four. Ravens own four. Ravens own four. We got this." And it's just it's unbelievable. The the, the sequence of events after is just. It's unbelievable. It had to be perfect for them. What pisses me off in this game, what does piss me off in this game, is that we couldn't, we wouldn't even attempt a 49-yarder. We wouldn't even, there was no chance we were putting Scobie out there, right? Flacco drives out. I mean, dude, I might might be calling for Tomlin, like I can't wait for his last day if he wouldn't stupid enough. No, no, of course. No, no Steelers fan wants Scobie to go out there. No, no. Instead, we have to go for it on fourth down every single time because we have to give this guy a chippy in order for him to make it. 
Flacco, on the other hand, he can't move the ball in overtime either. That, let's let's not forget that it wasn't exactly like Flacco was moving the ball like he was Joe Montana out there, you know, winning in a game-winning drive. No, no, no. He just barely gets it to the friggin' 35 where it's a 52-yarder, but the Ravens are more than happy to put T- Justin Tucker out there. Oh, no, 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 no. 52-yarders? That might as well make it a 27-yarder because this thing is going through without a doubt. And every Steeler fan knew it too. Ravens all knew it. Uh, Steeler fans all knew it. That ball was going in no matter what. From 52 out, automatic. Yeah, and, and, and the disappointing, disappointing thing is, is we went four and out, gave the ball back to them. They go three and out. We get the ball back, and we miss another fourth down. And so this just reinforces my wish for the overtime rule of no more field goals. In, in overtime, no field goals. You have to score a touchdown to win or a safety. Well, that would have been a big help to us in this Yes, game. it would have been. We had no field goals. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Well, I, don't, yeah, I still don't know I'm how to score, but yeah. I don't know if I've expressed it lately on this podcast, but I, I am no fan of the kicking game. Um, well, I will and say this: this is this is this is probably the biggest travesty of a loss for the Steelers, uh, kicking wise, um, since since Matt Barr missed, <laughs> missed two extra two points, <laughs> extra points in one game against the Cleveland Browns, who are now today's, you know. Baltimore Ravens, the same freaking team. I know they they left the name there, but the organization went. But Baltimore. they missed one extra point in the game, and we lost twenty seven twenty six. If I remember correctly, one and we missed two. And Matt Barr was the kicker. Um, and I will give the Steelers credit. The reason I was able to forgive that because if you think I'm pissed now, I'm an older man now. I'm much calmer than I was when I was young. <laughs> I don't know about you that. Imagine such a thing. Uh, you should listen to yourself twenty minutes ago. <laughs> but. Uh, no, 20 years ago, I would have put that rant. Um, but uh, I was able to forgive Chuck Knoll uh, for Matt Barr uh, because the answer to that uh, was Gary Anderson. Uh, yeah. That's where Gary Anderson came from. Well, so I, if you I, could get a kicker like Gary Anderson, if you knew he was going to be like – would you pick him in the first round? Yes. I think oh, – Yes, well, that's because okay. you, know, you know what, dude? Think how bad – this is like going to the grocery store when you haven't eaten in five days or starving. Um but, you know, we need a kicker. This is what it feels like when you don't have a kicker, okay? No, but you know, okay, like. okay, this is an interesting point, though, Joe. This, because for a long time, a lot, there's been plenty of people who have been saying, and Joe, I think you've been among them, who have been saying that kicking is kind of, it's not, I don't think, you know, the people who invented football didn't intend for kicking to be like this, right? That's no, I want kicking out of the yarders, game. Making I want, 50 I want yarders. no field goals unless you're inside the 35 or something. Right, exactly. You're yeah. Making too many field goals. Overtime is stupid because, you know, you just you just drive down to the 30 and you kick it and it's over. And you you know, get you're one rewarding play. offenses for not really moving the ball that much. You're, you know, you're disproportionately hurting defenses, right? This year has been very interesting because if you watched any football this week, Josh Scobie may not have been the worst kicker on the uh, That's true. Uh, yeah, the there was a lot of bad kicking going on. No, kicking on. has gone down, and there's been a lot of people who have been analyzing this, and, and – you know, it's it's we've all, we're only four weeks into this new extra point thing, but I think uh, you know, and I think I think it's right. The theory right now is that kicking is so bad because kickers are totally screwed up by this extra point thing. The extra yeah, it's, point it's, thing a, it's a head game thing. Is screwing with their head. Yes. Yeah. And so we are we are basically removing kicking or removing the the you know this one hundred percent accuracy of kicking out. And we're going to give more. You know, you got to go. You're going to get. You're going to see teams now as we go forward with this, and kickers keep missing. You're going to see teams legitimately going for it for four, on fourth down in field goal range because they can't trust kickers anymore. 
I think that'd be good. I mean, if you really want to squeeze kicking out of the football, uh, my other rules are narrow the goalposts, right? That would make it a little harder. Or moving goalposts, or put something down the center where you get maybe four points if you hit the center one. Moving goalposts is really good. Moving goalposts, yeah. No, I think I think I think this is, but this is a legitimate step, right? This feels to me a lot like when they removed the when they moved the kickoffs back, right? That to me felt like, okay, this is a real move to help defenses here. This is gonna this is gonna do something uh, to football, and it's gonna make offenses less less potent, and it's gonna help defense. Um, and I think you know I think you've seen that. This to me feels the same way, where it's like. The kicking game is not going to be the same anymore. You're not just going to have teams drive down to the 30 and go, yep, let's kick a 47-yarder because it's money in the bank every single time. You uh, know, with that said, though, I mean, like a 60-yard field goal, that's pretty exciting, especially when it's not a game that you're even that interested in. I mean, you have to see a guy line up for a 60-yarder or more. I think it's interesting. To, the problem is there's 52 guys who are not football, football on the team, and those 52 guys uh, play the game. They play the game that we want to see. We don't care. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i a football fan. I could not tell you how little I care about a field goal. I, it's, it's like, what is there on a field goal that is related to the rest of the game? Okay? I, I mean, there's no I mean, think, passing. There's no running. There's no – I know there's blocking. Think about, but think about the Buffalo Bills. It doesn't really have anything to do with the kick. Oh, we need to talk about the fake field goal. We didn't talk about the – Thank God we kept talking about extra points because hey, – Real quick on yeah. that though. So Bills, Giants, I mean it's the Super Bowl, right? Norwood misses. We all know what happened. But just like you said, Joe, I mean there were you know 52 guys that on each team that were not kickers that played the whole game. Right. That had you know big impacts on the game. Granted the kickers had other impacts on kickoffs and other extra points and field goals. But it, it all came down to this one guy. If he makes it, the Bills win. If he misses it, the Giants win. It's a coin flip at that point. It's crazy that that this tough game of football allows itself to come down to a kicker. Gets decided on that. I mean, it's worse than the than the soccer and their and their five penalty kicks. kicks. You know that yeah. they do. I forget what they call that. Penalty kicks. Penalty Ritual? kicks shootout. Penalty kicks. I, I mean, at least that has a little bit to do with what you do with the with the rest of the game. I would actually argue, you know? and I, you know, because I, I, I've been watching a lot more soccer lately. I think penalty kicks are just. I mean, not not to derail it going to soccer, but I think they are just uh, atrocious in soccer. They have you have like to remove either. that out. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a guess if the goalie guesses right. Right. Or it I mean, so it, it does come down to the to kicker one, to make so mistakes. It's so weighted to offense that it's it. You got yeah. it's like it would be like if every if ever if like an overtime was just two point. Let's just do two point conversions until someone misses. It's like no, you can't. No, that doesn't. Uh, but that would be better than field goals. No, I, I well okay, well anyway. Yeah. Um two point conversions is actual football. Wait, we need to talk about we need to talk about the oh, so fake, there field was a fake field goal. Uh because that was a gigantic play in the game. Yeah, they're okay, so it's the Ravens fake field goal. Yes. And uh I love that. I mean it, Har- Spence Har- makes yes. it. Spence makes a play like Jack Ham would have made it. It just felt like it was one of those plays where you feel like we're not gonna lose now. Like you don't you don't make that play and then lose. You don't go on to lose that game. You know, unless unless you come to the game without a field goal kicker. Yeah, I mean, unless yes, you play. You know, it's just that like, was a great you know, just like ah, how many times can I shoot myself in the foot? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, so no, I, I thought that that was an unbelievable play by Spence. Um, you know, and, and a great job by him to sniff it out because you know he got right through the line and instead of going for the block, you know, or being caught off guard by it, um, you know, he got in there. He got in there and made that tackle. 
at the point of attack in a game in which the Steelers weren't exactly, you know, they weren't going to be teaching kids out there how to tackle. Their form isn't exactly in midseason yet. They are still missing their fair share. But Boy Spence did not miss that tackle. So um, one last thing before you move on. You guys did talk about this a little bit earlier. Um, the guy, uh, I don't know if he's a rookie. I've never heard of him. His name is Croc- Crockett or Crockle. Ross Cockrell. Cockrell. Okay. So this kid comes in, makes an interception, and then recovers a fumble um, with the presence of mind to keep both feet in bounds like he's some kind of student of the insane NFL rule book. Um, and and I, I just look at that and I go, huh, who was the last guy I ever seen to make a play like that and have a game like this? Who does stuff like that? Uh-oh. You're not going to say it. Wait, no, you're not. He's not going to compare him to Palomalu. No, no, he's not. This is not Palomalu. He's not comparing to Palomalu. Comparing him. To I'm just going to say, everybody, just think about who? It. when was the last time okay. that you've seen a Steeler defender now, have a game funny, like that? It's actually, it's because Mike Tomlin actually talked about this in his press conference. You're going to compare him to Cortez Allen, which I think is very funny because Tomlin did too. Tomlin said, "Listen, Ross Cockrell is the flavor of the week right now. Y'all are going to write a bunch about him, but you wrote a bunch about Cortez Allen too." You know, we need to see it over a course of weeks. He actually brought up Antoine Blake, I believe. Oh, and, I'm sorry, right. Antoine Blake. Yeah, he brought up Antoine yeah. Blake. That's right. Not Cortez. But here's the thing about Cockrell, though. Don't, do you guys recall? He did give up the touchdown pass. He did. The short touchdown pass. And I think yeah, he kind of lost the ball. He didn't see yeah, it because he, he didn't, didn't really jump for it. Yeah, he did. But he played a great game. He did. I mean, no, I he was – look, for I, I, I forgive him for that because, look, he's a rookie anyway. He talked about it after the game. He said, look, I didn't have a good game. I don't even think I had a good game because – uh, that gave up that touchdown. I still got a lot. Wait, to is he a rookie? He's a rookie. No, second year. I'm sorry, second year. Second year, because he did bounce around on a couple of teams previously. He played for or? the Bills. Yeah, he was on the Bills. Um, he was drafted by the Bills, I think. And then uh, the Steelers wanted to draft him. He was drafted by the Bills, and then you know we ended up picking him up because. Well, that's good. I mean, a lot of those you know first year guys that bounce around, it's just because they didn't they didn't, they haven't found their home yet. You know, the yeah, right spot at the right time. So yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of potential. You know, there he's a lot. Like he reminds me a lot of like a Bryce McCain type who just comes out of you know Bryce McCain last year came out of nowhere was a nobody he played for Jacksonville prior. We signed him out on a, on a whim because we needed cornerback depth. And Bryce McCain made a lot of big plays for us. I think he was starting on a lot of times last year, especially when Ike got hurt. Um, we could use, especially with with Cortez Allen's knee injury. Basically, he's never coming back. So okay, yeah, look, I'll see. Ross Cockrell's doing great. Fantastic. Um, oh, the other thing we should mention about the defense, um, if you were hoping that the 10 days off for Shazier was going to mean that Shazier's going to play, uh, I think Shazier had a setback, it sounds like, because he's back in a sling. He was out of a sling, he was going to practice, now he's back in a sling. So, not... Uh, he's getting to be like Humpty Dumpty. Stinks. Yeah, not exactly no. looking forward. I mean, we're not we're not going to see Shazier probably on it. I mean, anything can happen in the next couple of days. He could, you know, feel better and all of a sudden he does play, but I would expect... Sean Spence and Vince Williams are going to fill that spot. Lots and lots of missed games for injuries for that young man. Uh, Martavis Bryant was held out of practice as well because of you know, soreness or whatever. I expect he's going to play. And, and because he's going to play, we have our moment of truth, guys. The moment of truth for both of you guys' favorite favorite player on the team who gets no playing time. Although he did make a good play in this game. I will say he might have had the best play of his NFL career in this game. Um, Kick return? And yes, and that is Dre Archer. Yeah, he had a nice kick return. He did. He had a and a, and a huge moment too. And we needed. And that it. was was that in overtime? Yeah, or, it was overtime. Yeah. Did you guys? That I wanted good. to kick in overtime. I wanted to give the ball to Flacco first. I mean, there's an advantage to that because then if they 
Well, I guess if they get a touchdown, that's the disadvantage. Over, but if yeah. they get a field goal, then you know you're in four-down territory. Yeah. And but anyway, uh, so going back to Dre Archer, um, you know, Martavis Bryant being on the team means somebody's got to go. And we have five running backs right now. So mm, Interesting. I mean, they hung on to him this long. I got to believe they're going to. six running backs right now. Well, if you count Roosevelt Nix and Will Johnson and Dre Archer and Jordan Todman and D'Angelo Williams and Le'Veon Bell. But they're all in the 53-man? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be Todman or Nix probably. Well, I don't know. Nix has been good. That's true. It's probably going to be Todman because he can go to the practice. What about Archer? No, Todman can't go. Todman's been around the league forever. Oh, has he? Yeah, he's played for Jacksonville. Um, oh, we'll I see. actually had Todd on my fantasy year, fantasy team two years ago. That's how I knew who he was when he got on the Steelers. Oh, oh look, I just got one fair warning to the coaches about Archer. You know, <laughs> uh, he hasn't had enough touches to convince me that he can't get it done. Okay, they well, you haven't seen him in practice though. The, in the fairness. crap that they did with him last year, you know, we discussed it on the on the year end in review thing mm-hmm. that we did, and the coaches got the the lowest mark for their complete and utter. <laughs> failure at finding a way to get in, this guy In, in fairness, still country listeners, if you didn't listen to that, I disagreed with everything, Mike. Okay, so uh, now now he touches the ball one time, basically, because every other kick goes out of the back of the end zone. Uh, and he does, he has a nice return. Um, he did. And, uh, you know, it would have been nice if he would have won the game for us. That Right there, that would have been me. Uh, but I will tell you this. This is my warning to the coaches <laughs> on the Steelers, okay? I mean, if you really want to get yourself into, into Steeler country shitsville, um, then go ahead and cut this guy and, and uh, or trade him over to the you – because know, you know who's going to pick him up. The second that he's gone, you know who's picking him up, right? The Cleveland Browns are going to pick because that's who they always they – always, they love these guys. Then he's going to Eric Metcalf us. But, and then we're going to get Eric Metcalf, two returns in the same game, and this dude's <laughs> going to become – you know, he'll be on every highlight film every week for a month. And, uh, and yeah, and then I'll just have to be like, okay, coaches, okay. There you go. You know, don't do – we I, I will – Whenever the bandwagon comes for you to run your ass out of town, bam, you can go with Archer. So they need to try. Archer, they need to, Archer, Archer is, is your – that's your – that's what puts you over the top on the coach. No, staff. but that will piss me off so bad because they won't – they will not – just convince me, okay? If the guy's no good, he can't play. Put him in the game and let me be disappointed with him. Show me. Show hey, me. Speaking Don't of coaching, me. so, so what, do you do, what do you do if our new field goal kicker misses two – Kicks. Don't, don't, one with, don't, don't even clean up. Knock on wood immediately, Mike. <laughs> I think actually, you know, from uh, from all the the crap that Tony was texting about this kid, uh, ba- Boswell is that his name? Yeah, Chris Boswell. Boswell. Yeah, okay, so Boswell. Um, Want to hear my? Uh, he uh, he sounds like the next coming of uh, Gary Anderson. Yeah, only, he's uh, a he mixture of farther. Gary Anderson and uh, only he can kick farther than Gary. Yeah, Anderson. I was gonna say who's that guy on? Um, was the, the, who's the guy on Denver? Like a Matt Elam. He's like Matt Elam and Gary Anderson mixed. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Here, here's the uh, here's the stats that I. Which thread is it in? Is it in the one with you guys? I'm gonna have to While you find that, we should start segueing to the Chargers, and I want to ask, um, what's your concern about? Like the Chargers' offense is rated in the top five. So, I mean, if this gets to be not a shootout, but I mean, if they have success against our defense, there's no way our offense is going to keep up with them. Or is there concern with that? I, really? I think the I think you will you will see when you I think my score predictions. Get... I have a very right. interesting uh, take on this game. All right, I'm interested um, to hear that. Maybe Martavis catches two 80 yarders. So hey, shh, shh, don't no spoilers. No spoilers. Maybe three. You don't you don't know. Uh, no, I think I. I, I it does a... seem like Bryant is Vic's kind of guy. Yes. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like that's like a match that was made. 
you know, when Vic came, it was like, oh, because we have Brian, he can throw to him. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at what what the uh, what the Chargers have done this year, just just looking at their schedule, right? They were close close win against the Lions, lost to the Bengals, blown out by the Vikings, close win over the Browns that they probably should have lost, but the Browns are the Browns. In fact, wait, what happened at the end of that Browns game that oh they had the penalty on the field goal? God, <laughs> the guy missed the field goal and they had a penalty. Uh, that's right. All right, I have the I have the stats on the kicker. Here we go. All right, Boswell has made a fifty plus yard field goal every year in college. He made a 56-yard field goal to take the lead over Kansas in his senior year. He's made the third most field goals in Conference USA history with 65. 54 of his 70 kickoffs were touchbacks. He was rated the number one overall kicker and the number one long-distance kicker out of college. I don't know who he was drafted by. I don't know if he was drafted, but he's he's bounced around um, in preseason. 13 of his 65 field goals, 13 of his 65 made field goals, we're from 50-plus. That is a lot. So this is what I want to know, and I don't know if you can look it up, is, is you know, how many misses did he have, and what were the distance of the misses? Uh, okay, so I do have how many misses because um, – I want to know that this guy doesn't miss inside of 40 yards. He missed like 20 field goals or something in college. No, he look, he misses. That's why he hasn't been on – That's kind of a lot. If he never misses, then he would be on a team right now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? It's not like we got you know the best kicker of all time. Look. There's a lot of these guys in college that can kick. They look good in college, right? So it's like, where do they go? Well, here's what I love about Boswell. Okay, he's a rookie kicker. I uh, never kicked a, a field goal in the National Football League in a regular season game. He's he's zero for zero. And he gets asked to try out for the Steelers, uh, not just in any any circumstance, but in Heinz Field, a place where it is already difficult enough to kick, um, and he and it is raining. It's raining in Heinz Field today. And the two other kickers he's kicking against, both have been longtime kickers. Kai Forbath for the Washington Redskins, who had been there for the last two, three years. And Randy Bullock, who's been on the Texans for the last four years. Or um, veteran kickers. And who wins the competition in that? Chris Boswell. I like this kid. I like him. Maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he goes like 0 for 4 in this game, and it's just awful. Um, but I like that we have a kicker who has a huge leg, who's going to continue to give us uh, touchbacks, and you know what? If you need a 56-yarder at times, put him out there. Let's see. I'm not scared to miss a 50 yeah, It's too bad that he's not playing this week in Heinz Field because I, I got a feeling as soon as he walks out on the Heinz Field, before he ever ever puts his leg to a football, I think he'll get a standing ovation. Oh, my God. Yeah, if he makes a field goal, all he has to do is not miss against the Chargers. And when he comes out, it is going to be roarous. It's going to be yeah, unbelievable. It'll be like <laughs> – this game's in San Diego, though, right? This is in San Diego, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. in San Diego. Oh, okay, you're saying you don't miss against the Chargers and when you come back to Heinz Field. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, when he comes back, he's going to get a bigger ovation than, than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, yeah, Ben will be. Um, okay, so going to the Chargers game real quick. I don't I, I, I don't really have fears going into this game. Um, you know, my only fear in this game is it's East Coast going West. But it's not on a short week or anything. It's, you know, we have more than enough time to prepare for this. We can go out there whenever we want. I don't know what the schedule is this week. But, you know, it's a Monday night game. Um, Tomlin's record on Monday night, I believe, is pretty good. I don't know if he's lost on Monday night. Um, so I, I, I think this team defensively is playing very, very well. It's only going to get better. We have a bunch of young guys who are continuing to get better and better. We, you know, we see guys like Ross Cockrell um, have huge games like that. Uh, I think that's only going to continue. Offensively, I mean, look, 
Can it be worse than it was against Baltimore? Sure, it can be. De- it could definitely be worse. But I don't think it will be. I think we have too many playmakers there. You add Martavis to that situation, give him uh, and, and give Vic to him. Vic, who loves to throw the deep ball, the first pass Vic threw for as a Pittsburgh Steeler, the first pass in preseason was a 58 yarder or whatever it was to to Bryant. Um, you know, those two clicked from the word go, and I and I expect it's going to happen again. I expect. That Bryant, as long as he plays, and he has some weird soreness, so he sat out of practice, but I expect he's going to And if he does, I, I expect him to go nuts in this game. I expect Martavis Bryant is going to have an absolute monster of a game. Both uh, both of San Diego's cornerbacks are dealing with injuries right now. Um, and, and I think this, you know, everything in this game works to our advantage, uh, except that we're on, you know, the only, the only problem for us is we're on the road. But we're playing a team uh, that, you know, doesn't have a great defense. So we don't, you know, we're not dealing with Baltimore here, a team that knows us. Playing a team that doesn't know us, that that isn't a very good defensive team anyway. We're playing Phillip Rivers, who loves to turn the ball over. Um, we have an, a defense now that loves to get at people and cause turnovers. Um, no, I think I, I think this is going to be – we're fine. We're fine. I think our secondary is going to get tested in this game with Phillip Rivers. I mean, he was, what, over 300 yards last week, and I'm sure he's had other big games this season already. So even though they passed the test against Flacco and, and the way that – you know, Baltimore's offense played, they're going to get tested. So at least we're going to get to know if our secondary and our defense is really coming along in the passing game. Yeah, we'll get, we get another test. Yeah, one more test. We'll get the, I mean, we're going to get a real test in about two weeks when we play Arizona. But, yeah. Joe, what do you think? <laughs> um, I'm a little nervous about the whole thing. Uh-oh. Because, uh, well, I mean, you know, look. Uh, the Steelers, you know, you got to go west. It's not, it's, it's not a good track record out there. I think the Steelers have won in San Diego maybe the last time or two that we were there. Um, so that that's good, but that was with Ben. Um, yes, it was. I I don't know. I don't. You know, it started out so well, but then it, but then but you know, so you go well. I, you know, why can't it be like that again? But it wasn't like that again in the second half of last week. So. Uh, uh, you know, you can you can you can expect that whatever Baltimore did, whatever adjustment they made in the second half, San Diego studied that, and and you know, uh, Haley and Vic and the boys are going to see they're going to they better be ready for it because that's what they're going to get. Um, so, but against, but against any- a, a worse defense, a defense that isn't as familiar with us as Baltimore is, isn't as familiar with Todd Haley, Bell, the whole thing. And we have more time to prepare. And we have, and yeah, we have, four, they have 10 days 10 to get days, ready for yes. this. Okay, but, uh, you know, it's still going to be a simplified offense. Well, I don't think okay. it's going to be that complex a, uh, an offense to keep track of and, and you know, that, that's going to, you know, fool the defense. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, that's my concern there with offensively. And then, uh, you know, defensively, I, I think Rivers is a better quarterback than Flacco. Um, he hasn't had a good year, though. I think he had a pretty good a pretty good week uh, these last couple of weeks, but um, yeah, yeah he he hasn't no no look he's putting up I mean the numbers that he's putting up are fine, uh, but he's not he's not they're not winning football games right the no they're not winning I know they're frustrated the problem it's is they're not to, finishing they can't they can't run the ball they they're this running back that they took uh, uh, Melvin Gordon has done absolutely nothing. Uh, it's it, you know it all comes down to Rivers, and the problem with Rivers is that he makes too many bonehead mistakes. Uh, and you look back at the two losses that they had uh, against against 
Cincinnati and against Minnesota. And those games came down to turnovers and stupid bonehead mistakes uh, that, that they made. I think it's going to happen. I feel like it happens the same way for us. He has eight touchdowns, four interceptions, and he threw one interception in each of the losses. But his his yards, I mean, they throw the ball a lot. He's got over 400, 240, 240, and then 350. So I think our offense is going to be better than we saw it, you know, just with the 10-day rest. But I still think it's going to be inconsistent at times. So I think that if we don't slow Rivers down, they're just going to outscore us. And I'm going to go with the score prediction here and say that uh, we are going to slow them down somewhat. And I'm going to go for a 22 to 20 score. Close. Steelers win. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. It, look, I think. The, I think the San Diego defense is, is bad, and it's it's hurt. It's roughed up, and it's bad. They they're giving up 30 points a game. I mean, if you look, 30. They go 27 against the Browns, 31 against Minnesota, 24 against uh, Cincinnati, and 33 against Detroit. I mean, they, you know, it's a it's a a bad defense. We've had, we're having a lot of time to prepare. We still have a ton of playmakers on this. Um, you know. Vic needs to figure out how to get the ball to to Bell and to Brown, uh, and you know, Brown's got to have a good game. He can't be dropping the ball in the end zone and not getting his feet in bounds. Like, and I don't expect that that's going to happen. I think that was an, a, a one off thing for Brown. Okay, you got out of your system. Cool. Let's go back to the old Antonio Brown. We know. Um, and, and all of that said, like you know, the way Vic played last week, he, if he has ten days to prepare for this, I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's going to be as easy to just shut down Michael Vic in this offense. Um, I still think it's a pick-your-poison type of offense. Um, and, and I think, you know, at, at times, I think uh, – I also think that Haley learned something last week about this offense, which is that you should not be afraid to just put the ball into Le'Veon Bell's hands. Nothing bad is going to happen from doing that. Um, you can lean on him in these games. We saw that against Tennessee. Um, you know, we almost saw that against Baltimore. We can continue to see that against San Diego. If this game does get close – if it is close down the stretch, lean on Bell. He will get you the yards, and hopefully our kicker doesn't suck. Um, but I don't think I, I think score prediction. Talking about score prediction, I don't think it's going to go. Away. I think I think Vic's going to be fine. I think this offense is going to be fine. If there are too many playmakers on this team, I think Sandy against a bad defense is going to be fine. The defense, our defense, has been playing uh, better and better week over week. Uh, it's hard to say we played better than we did against St. Louis, but we're playing good. We're playing really well. We're doing the things that that this defense needs to do to uh, alleviate some of its problems, right? Uh, and I think that if you're looking at a score, I mean, we're going to score 30 in this game. I, I think we're going to score 30. So you, you put 30 on, on us, and what do the Chargers get? I mean, you know, they get 17, whatever it is, 30 to 17. Not, I, don't think it, and I don't think it's that, that close either. I mean, I think the Steelers are going to come out. They're going to score points. The defense is going to play well. And San Diego's going to be playing catch-up the whole time, which is what we want uh, you know, from, a, from the Steeler offense. Then we're 3-2. and two. I like that Monday night game. What do you got, Joe? Boom, boom. Yeah, it would suck to be two and three, huh? Uh, we'll talk about that. I don't think it would be. I actually don't think it would. Be. It would suck. It doesn't matter how you rationalize it. It would suck. Uh, it would suck if, if, if we're doing that with Ben. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good feel for this game. Um, Break the loss. Do it because you've never done it before. And maybe you know. I don't want to say that you know you can. No, have I'm going to say that uh, that you know that there's not going to be a lot of offense in this game, uh, but what offense there is will be will be big and explosive and fast. Uh, and you know, they'll hit Bryant a couple of times for a couple of touchdowns, and um, and we'll we'll end up with. Uh, let's see. Let's say we end up with 20 points uh, to um, San Diego 17 points. Okay. 
Oh, I, I think. Oh, by the way, one other prediction I want to add: we're going for two in this game. I, I think we're going for two. In this game. I think you know they didn't go for two in the last one, and I thought that was a little strange. But it was a little, you know, there's a little bit of like, hey, Tomlin, you always say don't live in your fears. This is an offense built to go for two. Just go, go for two. Like, why are we not going for two? Um, they didn't. It's fine. Whatever. But I think they're going for two in this game. I think we're going to be okay. People forget what Mark Davis Bryant did to the offense. I feel like it's been so long since we've seen Bryant, Bryant and Bell play together. Eh, working this offense is going to be good again. And I know it's Michael Vick, but and it's not Ben. But this is a this is a you are asking a lot of an NFL defense to guard on every single play. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Martavis Bryant, Heath Miller, Darius Hayward Bay, Marcus Wheaton. It's just it's too much. Too much. The good thing about Bryant is all uh, your first impression is oh he's going to go deep. He doesn't always go deep. I mean he catches a lot of short passes, passes over the middle, goal line situations too. Right. He's a threat. Right. And this is why. And let's go to our bigger picture about the Steelers. Okay, so we should be three and one right now, and it is very disappointing that we're not three and one. And coming out of that game, I kind of felt like. Christ, you know, if we miss the playoffs now, we're going to look, we're going to look, that is going to be the game where you just go up and you go, that is why we missed the playoffs right there. Baltimore. Missed the playoffs because we lost to Baltimore. Um, but I, in thinking about it afterwards, hey, I don't, hey, there, I don't think there's any way we missed the playoffs. I, I will throw this scenario out there. I will not, I am not giving up playoff hopes if we are, if we lose the next two and then Ben comes back, you know, the, the plan for Ben at this point is to come back against if that if that is if we get out of Arizona and we are two and four, we've just lost three straight without Ben. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. And the reason I, the reason I'm not scared is because I don't think this defense uh, is going to be as bad as everybody. Well, it certainly isn't, and I don't think it's going to be the hindrance for the rest of the season. In fact, I think it's going to be a plus for us. And when you add Ben Ben back into the mix, who scares you at that point? In addition to that, if you look at the schedule. All those teams you thought were good and scared you, they don't scare me anymore. Seattle doesn't scare me anymore. I mean, Seattle's offensive line is atrocious. Uh, the Colts don't scare me anymore. The Chiefs, the seven field goal Chiefs, they certainly don't scare me anymore. Um, the only team on there where you go, okay, I mean, that's going to be a tough one, is you got to be Cincinnati. But guess what? Cincinnati remains Cincinnati. So they scare me none either. Uh, we should be fine. Well, Cincinnati is in their traditional early year form. Yes. Right? And I expect fully expect them to be into their traditional late-year form as the season progresses. And we all know what that means. Yes, exactly. They will, you know, they the Bengals going to bangle at some point. You just got to wait. It's, it's, look, it's just October now. It will happen. But, yeah, I, I'm not, I, look, I, I'm for real. I am not, I, I am not going to be disappointed. I mean, I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm not going to be scared if this team goes two and, if this team's two and four. We're fine. I agree. I mean, they definitely can't have more than four losses, though. You can you can get into the playoffs with five or six losses, which means that at that in that scenario, Ben could lose one or two games throughout the rest of the season. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, hopefully uh, you know we're something like five and three when we get Ben back, um, or even sooner than that. Sooner, yeah. If we have two games, I mean, if the plan is that we have two games left, when do they project them to be back? The twenty fifth. Against, so against the Chiefs. There's two games. The... So you have Chargers, Cardinals, and then Ben's back. So he's only missing two games? He's missing three games total. Ravens, Chargers, Cardinals. Oh, three. Yeah, I forgot the Ravens. It's insane. Oh, it's an insane timeline. But, I mean, everyone knew Ben's not – you know, when they said four to six, I thought to myself three. Oh, four to six? That means that means three. In Ben world, that means three. And it's – I mean, 
it's his knee. Can't he just stand there and throw the ball? He doesn't have to move around, right? Guys can hang on him. <laughs> he can still throw the ball down the field. He doesn't have to move. We, if if the plan really is for him to come back after after three, a if it is for three, he needs to be healthy. I don't want to see you know the worst game I ever saw Ben play was the game where he literally could not move. They were running the pistol formation every play because he couldn't move at all. That was the game against San Francisco. San Francisco. That was the game where Harrison yeah. was suspended in that one too. He had that block foot. Yes, <laughs> that's the worst game I ever saw because he looked like he that Dempsey kicker from the seventies. Can't do that. But, yeah, as much as I'd like to believe a leg injury doesn't affect your throwing, I think it affects it a lot. Stepping into throws, he moving. Needs, he needs to be healthy. If he's actually healthy coming in, though, we're okay. We can afford to lose to Chargers, Cardinals. I mean, that's a, that's the toughest game on our schedule right there. I mean, and I, I think Ben needs a warm up game before the Bengals. Yes, I agree. Okay, so yeah, go ahead. Chiefs, Chiefs, is the the perfect, Chiefs is a perfect warm up game. They they're they're terrible on offense. They're just they are just. Everything that is wrong with offensive football in the NFL is like encapsulated by the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's say Ben comes back against the Chiefs. So yeah. we got at Chargers and then Cardinals at home. Tony, you're saying 0 and 2 is is okay. We can live with. I can live with it, know, but I want to. We're one not one. dead. One and one, we should be happy with that. I want to. That's why I'm hoping. I'm shooting for one and one. I, I mean, spoilers. Put us at three spoilers three. for next week's podcast, but I'm predicting a loss. Just spoilers. <laughs> I mean, the Cardinals lost to the Rams. And it's a division. It's a that division. That was unexpected. We beat the Rams with half of Ben. You're right. I keep thinking that game was 12 to, 12 to 9. It was 12 to 6. 12 to the 6. Cardinals is a home game with Bruce Arians coming back to Pittsburgh. Is there a re- revenge factor there? I guess we'll get into that next week. He's going to have a revenge factor on us. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then you've got Bengals, Ravens, or Raiders, Browns. Home, home, home. Then you got the bye week. And then you have Pouncey back. So. Okay, so if we go 3 and 3. And then get Ben back and go four and zero. That puts us at seven and three. You go three and one with Ben. That puts us at six and four. Six and four is not a great record at the ten. No, no. no. Look, here's if we don't go one. If we go any less than one and one in our next two games, if we go zero and two, we're not going to win the division. Throw the division out. Fine. Cincinnati. Guess what? You win the division. But we're still going. To, we're still going to make the playoffs. And uh, you know, Cincinnati. You know, great job on your home field advantage when we ruin you. In the divisional round, or whenever we end up playing them, and then the, here's the thing: we this is my this is my point. Okay, this season for the Steelers comes down to a. You first thing you have to do is you have to make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, you have to meet. You have to play the Patriots. We already know we are going to play the Patriots in New England. I don't care if the Steelers go thirteen and three from here on out. The Patriots are going thirteen and three or better, uh, and so we and we lose the tiebreaker there. So there is no scenario in which we are playing the Patriots in Heinz Field, right? That doesn't exist. That scenario doesn't exist. So are you okay with having to go to, you know, to one of these, the, whoever's going to, let's say whoever wins the South, right? Let's say we're the best, uh, you know, we play the, we're the best wild card. They're the worst wild card. So we have to like go to Indy or, or Tennessee or whoever, whoever's going to win that division, right? Uh, are you scared of that? Because I'm not scared of that. Then, okay, let's say then you have to go to Cincinnati. Okay, again, are you scared to go to Cincinnati? I'm not scared to go to Cincinnati. And then you have to play the Patriots. And you knew you were going to play the Patriots in New England anyway, so home field doesn't really, – who cares? I'll just put it this simply. If our offense plays the way it was when Ben was playing and it gets to that point again and, and gets even better and our defense continues to get better, then all we have to do is get in the playoffs. It doesn't matter where we play and who we play. This is, that's my point. We, we will be fine. Yes. 
just everything has to stay on, you know, it's like the Star Wars, the stay on, stay on target, just stay, stay the course here, defense keep getting better, offense keep getting healthy, and we will meet in the middle, and we'll be fine. All right, let's talk around the NFL. We need to talk about, we need to talk about refereeing in the NFL, because the referees did something that I really liked this week. They took matters into their own hands, and they decided not to call an obvious call, but it was, but it's a call that I absolutely hate, and Steeler fans, we've been screwed on this before. For those of you who didn't stay up super late on Monday night, uh, you missed a pretty crazy ending to Detroit and Seattle. Um, Seattle, with which, by the way, uh, they have major league problems in Seattle, major, major league problems, and it's called their offensive line, which is an atrocity. Uh, but they, that, game, that game came down to actually a great defensive play that they made where Cam Chancellor hit the ball out of Calvin Johnson's hands, actually punched it out. Um, and the ball comes rolling into the end zone, and their guy, K.J. Wright, like taps it out of the back of the end zone. Now, I have always hated, I think it is a stupid rule that you can't bat, batting the ball. And this is, this, I know that it's the, the John Madden rule, but it's still an incredibly stupid rule. Because what would have happened there, after Cam Chancellor makes an unbelievable play, is that because K.J. Wright tapped the ball out of bounds, which it was already going out of bounds, uh, they would have got the ball back. And I want to refresh your memory, because this has, that would have screwed the, the Seahawks in that case. And it did screw the Steelers a couple years ago on, I believe it was the Thanksgiving game when, in Le'Veon's rookie year when Cam Hayward, we blocked a field goal, and Cam Hayward, quote-unquote, batted the ball. And so on a missed field goal, the Ravens got first and 10. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was a, we blocked a field goal, and the, and the Ravens got first and 10. Yes, I remember that. It's, a, it's a, such a stupid rule, and thank you refs for not calling it, because that rule needs to go away immediately. What a stupid rule. I mean, I can understand you can't bat it. If you're on offense, you can't – or even – I guess either way, you can't bat it forward. Right. You know, and on a loose ball. But it's like on a loose ball, anything goes. Like you're allowed to hold on a loose ball, right? right. Like if you're trying to get the ball yeah, on a fumble, I can hold you. So batting, holding's allowed. Here's the thing about batting. Loose. Batting happens on every single onside kick. Watch onside kicks. They just hit the ball out of bounds. Just bat the ball out of bounds. It happens every time. No I don't know if it's it. legal on onside kicks now because it used to not be. We'd have to look in the rule book on that one. But the other thing is, instead of batting it, I mean, you can just pretend like you're trying to control it and just bobble it. Just like, in that case, he could have just bobbled it out of bounds. I mean, I don't know why he didn't just catch it. Well, isn't that what the Raiders did? They they kept picking the ball up and fumbling it forward? Yeah. Stabler fell down. He kind of pushed it forward. And then I think, because yeah. uh, I saw this recently, a running no, well, first a running back kind of picked it up and flopped it forward. And then Casper kind of dribbled it into the end zone and fell on it. And that was against the, the Holy Roller. Who was against the Chargers? I think it was. Yeah, it was a hated division rival. Yeah, the, Raven, so, the, the Raiders and John Madden brought you a lot well, of based, crappy yeah. football rules. Well, based on that, it, I guess in the last two minutes, like Calvin Johnson fumbled. If a Detroit Lion would have recovered in the end zone, it would not have been a touchdown. But they would have got the ball where he fumbled. I believe that's the rule. I heard someone say yes, that they wouldn't have got the, they where he got the ball. Yeah, the one yard. Line. Yeah. Because it was batting. That's a stupid rule. That's such a stupid no, rule. No, not the batting. I'm saying if the if the Lions recovered in the end zone, it would not have been a touchdown. Oh, right, because you can't advance. You can't forward. forward. Yeah, right, right. You can't fumble forward. Okay. All right, what do you guys think about this? So there's there's a there's beginning to be talk of that the competition committee wants to look at the rule of fumbles in the end zone are a touchback. And they wanted they they think it's too harsh. 
It's very harsh. Well, the, here's the thing. It wasn't harsh years ago, and Joe, you're going to appreciate this, when guys used to fall into the end zone to score a touchdown because it was rare that a guy would fumble going into the end zone. But what happens now? Everyone's stretching the ball out, right? right? And they either drop it themselves because they don't have a good grip on it or it gets batted away or knocked out. And it is it is a very harsh penalty or whatever rule. Right. So the rule is you, you, you fumble the ball before you break, break the plane. Right. The ball rolls into the end zone and then rolls out of bounds or out of the back of the end zone. Right. Uh, and so it's a touchback. And it goes to the defense. The competition yeah. committee wants to look at that staying with the offense. Change of possession. Well, you fumbled the ball out of bounds and into the end zone. Where we're going to spot it inside the end zone? Well, if you fumble it at the one, you get it at the one. So if if it goes like it, like at the pylon, if it goes inside the pylon at the one, you get it at the one, or you get it where you fumbled probably. If it goes outside the pylon. But if it goes out, if it goes, you know, yeah, I guess outside the pylon. Yeah, if it goes outside the pylon, then you then you get the ball where where you fumbled it or where, where it went out of bounds. I, yeah. I don't think you can. I don't think they advance it. No, they're not going to advance it. You're not going to advance it. Definitely not within the last two minutes. So if you fumble it from the five and it rolls out at the one, you probably get no it. No, I think you should give it to him at the twenty. You should give it to you should. There should be a penalty for fumbling out of the back of the end zone. Maybe okay. it shouldn't be that. No, why? Wait a second. You're saying no? I don't agree with this. Joe doesn't want to change the rule at no, all. I don't want to change the rule either. I'm just saying, as long as you are. If it, I, I kind of like that though. But let's just say this. Let's say it's second goal from the five. And I fumble through the end zone, and you're saying you get the ball at the twenty. Is it now third and goal from the twenty? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you basically save them, you know, three you get points. Possession. You get to keep your possession. Fine. I don't know. I think that some rules you just live with. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad rule, especially. It's harsh, though. It I'll harsh. tell you what. I'll tell you what. I would give them that, okay? If, and of course, it would make it then a moot point. So I would gladly give up that rule. Um, if they would say no more stretching out the ball without you being part of the part of the play, the ball is it'll land in the end zone. Tips are at the at the chalk, okay, or what used to be the chalk. I guess now it's paint. Um, <laughs> and uh, and 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 you are back at the three yard line, okay. Um, and then you're going to call that a touchdown. If you'll take that away, um, then then sure. If you fumble into Give you the, the end zone, back. sure you can have the ball back at the twenty yard line <laughs> at the yeah. on the ensuing down. Um, because I hate that. I hate that even more. But but that it that you, when you stretch out and you might fumble while you're stretching out, um, and Too then bad. you might lose possession and get no points from the stretching out crap. Um, that that I think is is a nice a nice little um what do they call that the karma of the universe you know that goes around comes around. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you stretched out and you tried to get a cheap ass touchdown that uh you know prior to Emmett Smith ne- did not exist in football. Um, now you're trying to get that, and you failed, and now you got nothing. You as the ball off you go. You were never there. Yeah, it's like the risk never, you take. You were yeah. you were never even near the end zone. That's a great. It's a great. It's a great price to pay. All right, we are we are uh, we are rapidly reaching our our end point here. Uh, but I do want to rapid fire some around the NFL real quick. Uh, and and one thing I've found from this week that is very interesting to me is at the conclusion of this week we only have two, just two, three and one football teams. So I want to just I'm going to tell you guys every team with a winning record because we don't have a lot of them. And I want you guys to just tell me if you think they are a contender or pretender. All right. But this is a quarter season review of only the winning the, – the, the teams with winning records. All right. Ready? We're going to do this quick. New England Patriots. I got – I mean, obviously contender, right? Uh, I refuse to, to test the <laughs> They are the contender actually right yes. now. 
Yes. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Contender. I agree. Even though, even though I Con- don't, I don't actually agree with myself. But I do. Hey, agree. we got a lot no, of weapons no, in the passing I, I, game. They, they have a lot of weapons in the passing game, also. They do. They do. But they can't run though. The, the, the weird thing is, they, they can't run. Weapon. They don't have a. They don't have a weapon to fire with. No, their story will be told in the playoffs. Uh, okay, the next four zero team is the Denver Broncos. Contender. See, I, I think they're a contender, but not a not a strong contender like they've been in the past. Right, but they are a contender. I think their defense actually. Their defense is yeah. Their defense in. wins games for them because Peyton Manning's noodle arm ain't winning nothing. <laughs> so what do you think? Not nice to say. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're a playoff contender, not a Super Bowl. Uh, Green Bay Packers. I mean, con- for me, you know, contender. Uh, they're the real thing. The they're contender the in the NFC. They are the NFC. All right, Carolina. And, and wait, real quick on that. There's some stats going out there about Aaron Rodgers playing at home. Like he's only thrown one interception in yes. two or three years at right. home or something it's like nuts. that. It's crazy. So you're playing these weekly fantasy things. There's a tip. Aaron Rodgers at home. No, here's a tip. Don't play them because there's insider trading going on right now. And we got to work. Yeah, we got to work that probably. out. Not happy about it. All right. Oh, should I not bet this week? I'm not betting this week. Okay, Actually, this is probably the safest time to bet because there's all the scrutiny on it. But uh, I'm not. I am not happy. You gonna make a stand? Yeah, but I'm you know happy. what? If you don't bet and their numbers go down, they're gonna really clear. Yeah, so make so stand. Okay. Their, their participation drops on that news. True. Yeah. All right. Green Bay. All right. Green Bay Packers. Real deal. Okay. We get to the. We now we get to the interesting part. Carolina Panthers. Four and zero. I don't know uh, how they're doing it. I haven't seen them very much. So, well, let's oh, they've played the crappy teams. I've been picking them in the FanDuel. Yeah. Um, I think I picked them twice <laughs> so far because I felt like they were playing uh, one of the crappiest offenses, so I picked their defense. Yes. Um, you, you, and, you might have done and, that and every single week, And they've come through for me. Last week, uh, you know, I know in your house, Mike, won't be lying, so I won't, I won't mention who they played against, but I picked them. Um, <laughs> and they, they were one of the highest point getters on the whole roster was that defense. Yes. They have played A lot the of Jaguars. Turnovers. They played the Jaguars, the Texans, the Saints, and the Buccaneers, and the Saints without Drew Brees. Yeah. So the moment they play an offense, watch out. I think that you, I think you got to say pretender right now, until, until you know they play Seattle this week. So that's okay. So you know what? That's let's find out. Although I don't know if maybe. Nah, I don't know if that's the real test. Yeah. So wait, if they beat either. Seattle, you're not going to give them. I mean, five and zero, and they just beat Seattle. Granted, Seattle's not playing oh, very well. Seattle's rough this year. They actually yeah. they have real problems. All right. Uh, okay, then I'm gonna say pretender also though. Pretender because they're two. And two. Okay, uh, Atlanta Falcons four and zero. I'm saying contender. Yeah, they're doing good. They look. I, mean, I think Julio Jones makes a difference, and he was out most of last well, that year. Co- they got rid of the coach too. And the coach too. That's true. I mean, you know, they look. They, their schedule again has not exactly been the toughest. Their real their real win was they beat the Giants, who I think are good. But their other wins are Eagles, Cowboys without Romo and Wardez Bryant, and Texans. Who they stomped, um, but you know, look, Atlanta—they could be this year's good bad team. They could be the good bad team. That's fine. They look good right now. Uh, okay, and then uh, that's all our four and zero teams. All right, let's go to three and one. New York Jets. Uh, I'm surprised yeah. they're three and one. Yeah, shocking. Pretender. Yeah, I, I also go pretender on that one. Uh, oof, I mean, they. Okay, so their schedule, again, has also been very easy. They got the Browns, the Colts, and the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins, who are a truck. Uh, I think they, they, they come, they're going to come crashing back there. Yeah, I think they, the Dolphins crashed into the Colts. In the- yeah. Uh, the, the Jets are coming way back down to earth. 
All right. That does it. By the way, the Jets, the only 3-1 team in the AFC right now. That does it for your 3-1 in the AFC. AFC is a load of mediocrity. Um, all right. Moving on to the NFC, where we have uh, also only one 3-1 and team. That is the Arizona Cardinals. Contender. Well, they're, they are a contender with a big fat asterisk. And that is they're a contender so long as Carson Palmer stays at the quarterback. The moment he's gone, it's over, and he could be gone on any play. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, and we saw that last year. They were they were probably the NFC favorite last. Uh, and then when Carson went down, it was over. They weren't that even. I don't even know that they won any more games. Uh, so, yeah, they yeah. they probably they they're probably the best NFC championship matchup right now is the Cardinals versus the uh, Packers. But you don't even know if the Cardinals are going to. So, I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams. You're just saying it because he's prone to get hurt. But he's prone. He's, yeah. he's so prone. Yeah. 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 And he's, uh, older. he's been injured through his career anyway. So. I thought Larry Fitzgerald was kind of getting old and kind of washed up based on last year, but I'm totally wrong about that. Carson Palmer's getting him in the game, and he, you know, he's lost a step since, uh, you know, we saw him uh, tear us up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he's playing but this year. He's still, he's still yeah. a big factor yeah he's yeah. he's a great player he, he's like third in the league in receiving yards he's great this year uh i i think the, the point i'm trying to make here though about this contender pretender thing is just how many teams are just around 500 i mean there you know there's only one three and one team in the afc that's the jets who we all agree are not even good uh, they're coming back down to earth i mean it is so wide open in that conference especially when you look at the south which is an awful conference um you know the other the other two. I mean, if you look at the other two and two teams here, right? You know, Bills, Steelers, Raiders, Chargers. Those are your other two and two teams in the AFC. And you go into the NFC, like everybody's two and two. You have Cowboys, the Giants, the Redskins, the Vikings, uh, the Rams, the Seahawks. Like, you know, everybody's stuck around five hundred. It's so wide open. At four at four games in, you know, you know who like the good teams are, but those teams, those middling teams, I have no idea. No idea what to make. Well, you know, the NFL's got a problem with with these injuries because a lot of these teams that you're saying are mediocre are losing games because they have key injuries, and, yeah. and the other teams don't right now. But then, as then things will change as the season progresses, and then you know, um, so uh, yeah, well, I think some of the early results are skewed by the early in by by I think what is a lot of injuries that change the results of games. Yeah. Or a lot of injuries to quarterbacks, quarterbacks especially, yeah. you know, because, I mean, and, you know, a lot of people have talked about the poor offensive line play this year, you know, why that's happening. we got a lot of, like, why is the offensive line so bad this year? Um, but, no, I mean, you look at Luck, Roethlisberger, Breeze, um, Romo, Cutler, everybody's going down. It's it's a real problem. Um, yeah, I, I just think, I mean, I, I don't know what to make. I mean, I think Buffalo might might be good, but then they lost, uh, I think, I think the Giants are probably good, although they're two and two. Uh, I thought the Vikings would be good, you know. They're two and two. The Seahawks, who I thought were the real contender in the NFC besides the Packers, they have offensive line issues. They're two and two. Um, I don't know. I, you got the, for those teams that are one and three, like they are, it's wide open for everybody in both conferences. So it's an interesting year. Seems like a very top heavy. It seems like. This is the kind of year when you can – right now you can just predict the Super Bowl. It's going to be Packers, uh, Patriots. And I think, you know, barring something crazy happen, it's, that's probably true. You know, we'll be really barring barring the Steelers doing something crazy in the playoffs. That's true. 
All right. And wrap this thing up. Let's wrap this thing up. All right. One let's... quick, one quick, one quick uh, public service announcement. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have not seen um, the football life on Jerome Bettis, it is out now. ESPN is playing it, and it's very good. Uh, I enjoyed all of the minutes of it. All, the whole thing was great. Uh, so watch it, Jerome is Bettis. That, yeah, is... and I think if you get if you have NFL now, I believe you can find that on their website. So, oh, is it on NFL? Maybe it's on NFL Channel. Maybe it's not on ESPN. Yeah, no, uh, it's who, NFL Channel. They do that stuff, and I think who airs the football online. life? NFL Channel. NFL Channel. So it's, it's, it's a football life, and it's a story of jo- Jerome Bettis. And they showed it. Um, I think they showed it the night before or after the the Steelers. Uh, oh, they Friday Friday night. They Friday night, yeah. Friday after the Ravens. Friday game. night, yeah. After the, yeah, yeah it's great show. Great That's good to know. I, I also heard that uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to be featured on SportsCenter tonight. Yeah, he's on E60, and they, they put all those segments online just a second ago. I just saw them on ESPN.com. So if you're not able to watch on on the, on the TV, you can get them online on demand on ESPN.com. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, the website is SteelerCountry.net, and will soon be Steeler Country Podcast. Uh, in fact, it will be that right after this podcast is over. Um, if you want to like us on Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash Steeler Country, uh, or Steeler Country Podcast, excuse me, Facebook.com slash Steeler Country Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Steeler Country. You can, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And tonight, uh, if you're listening to this, you have a double, there's a double podcast, because last week's podcast was, uh, you'll, you'll notice that Mike's uh, Skype doing some crazy things, so I try to edit that as much as possible. But you get a double header tonight. So you get this podcast and go back, listen to our thoughts about the Rams. That is going to be uh, in the same feed. Download that. We will see you next week, Tuesday, for a review of Steelers 